the room when one of my friends was on my team and he was sleeping uh, when he was called on and we were about to win and I think there was a small prize but uh, and so I literally I pulled I was getting upset I was trying to get him up and I pulled my shoe off and I threw it at his head as hard as I could uh, to get him to answer the question so Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, well, Tony, it is time for round two. How how are you? I'm doing well. I uh, snack, snacked up a little bit light snack and got a refill of my water. Uh, how are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. I, did, I got a little water as well. Uh, no marijuana, though. We just recorded an episode on the use of marijuana, and so if you missed that, go back and check it out. You know, but Tony, so often we start our episodes with baseball, and today's topic is just so easily connected to baseball that we have to start with it. Um, my Atlanta Braves were, were right past the All-Star break, and my Atlanta Braves have had trouble consistently winning this year. They they just can't tip past that 500 mark. They, they've pulled even, and then they, they'll lose a couple, and then they kind of pull right up to it and then fall back. They've just lost too many games. And your Orioles... Uh, well, they've been losing a lot of games too, right? They're not struggling to win. They just aren't at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> But hey, good news. I checked the standings. They don't have the worst record in the major leagues. Uh, they are second, though. So they have the worst record in the American League. But the Diamondbacks are pulling up the bottom uh, for the whole league. But losing is hard. Now, when you're making millions of dollars, losing probably becomes a little easier. But it's it's just not as enjoyable as winning. But it is inevitable. You know, Alabama football loses, and I celebrate. Uh, the Patriots with Tom Brady, they they lost, even Super Bowls. The Yankees lose. No one just wins all the time. And so that's what we want to talk about today is competition and, in particular, losing. Not just in sports, because the losing is going to happen in other areas of our life as well. And, and how that affects raising kids and teaching them to follow Jesus uh, even when they're losers. So, Tony, how competitive are you? I, I would say I'm extremely competitive. If it was like a 1 to 10 ratio, I would say I'm like a 14. <laughs> so what, what kind of links have you been willing to go to to win at something when you're growing up? Yeah, so this is, this is pretty comical. Uh, to show you how competitive I, I am, I have a my, uh, memory of this not long before I was led to Christ. But, you know, I didn't care about school. But when competitions would happen, I, I cared about school. And we had this, like, uh, class jeopardy one time in high school. And uh, we were kind of paired uh, as people throughout the room. And one of my friends was on my team, and he was sleeping uh, when he was called on. And we were about to win. And I think there was a small prize. But, uh, and so I literally, I pulled, I was getting upset. I was trying to get him up. And I pulled my shoe off, and I threw it at his head as hard as I could uh, to get him <laughs> to answer the question. So, uh, and uh, and even 
after I was saved, I actually, I had to set out, uh, sometimes this was, I was encouraged by the youth pastor. Sometimes it was just my own discretion. I had to set out some youth group games when I was in high school because I was too competitive and sinfully competitive. How about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty competitive as well. And growing up, uh, my dad has told the story. I don't really remember it too vividly, but uh, I certainly don't doubt that it happened. That on a field day, and I think it was around fourth, fifth grade, something like that. You know, we're out there playing against the other classes, and I wanted to win. I was giving it my all, and some of the girls in the class, surprisingly, were just not nearly as you know, uh, invested in winning against the other. And I, I mean, I was upset and I was complaining <laughs> to my dad cause he'd come out there to watch, uh, about how the girls just weren't taking this seriously. And, um, and actually when I was a little bit younger than that, uh, playing baseball, my stepmom actually got where she didn't even, she wouldn't ride home with us because, uh, if we lost or, and I had pitched or something, you know, in little league, there's going to be errors. I mean, there's going to be kids missing the ball, booting it, throwing it over the first baseman's head, not paying attention. And so, you know, I would pitched okay, and some kid made this play or that play, or I'd be complaining about this or that. And so, and then when it occurred to me, or I was told that she wasn't going to ride home with me uh, because I was complaining about it, uh, it got my attention that, that I really needed to, to take stock of that. Because I think I was a Christian at this point. But uh, certainly was acting sinfully over that, and so yes, uh, I I was I, I don't know that I was ever you know out there like doing spikes up or something like Ty Cobb, uh, though there were some academic competitions uh, in which I, I did cheat, which was sinful. Um, but so Tony, how did winning and losing take shape as you grew older and mature? Christ. I mean, you said you've kind of still a young Christian in youth group. You had to go take a time out. Uh, but as you progressed in your faith and matured, um, how did you process winning and losing? Uh, yeah, so uh, that's a good question. So in college, actually, I, I have this memory of, uh, of actually being upset with God, having kind of a uh, David in the Psalms type conversation with God, but a lot, lot, lot less mature because I, I thought I wasn't, I was really frustrated with God because I thought I wasn't really good at anything. Uh, and, and, and to this day, I mean, I'm aware that I have less talent than a lot of people. Uh, but I think that uh, God actually gave me a lot of losses throughout my life uh, to grow me uh, for my spiritual good. And I'm grateful that I've been a uh, that God has allowed, enabled uh, me to be a person that loses a lot of things uh, for the sake of my Christian growth, though. But I'm still sinfully competitive. I, I think that's less so. I, I think I can move on quicker when I get upset over you know losing or I get gloat more over winning. It definitely still happens. Uh, I remember even a time at a men's retreat uh, where I felt like I was kind of gypped and at a game, and uh, I felt like it was unfair and I lost. And I ended up downloading an app for that board game to learn it so I could beat them uh, people next time. And then I just deleted the app when I realized I was being a dummy. So how have you been? <laughs> I th certainly think that my ability to to handle win and loss ha has improved as I've become more like Christ. And I, maybe you're, I have to say maybe you're more competitive than I am, though. I, I was pretty competitive, especially when I was younger. I relaxed a little bit um, with age. Some of that maybe just natural maturing. I, I trust some of that is the work of the Holy Spirit in me. But yes, I mean, now 
you just take it in stride and uh, and keep going. Though, I mean, it's always it's more fun to win than it is to lose. So, Tony, what biblically informed lessons can we try to teach our children and our teenagers about competition, about winning and losing, not just in sports, but in, in various areas of life? And does the Bible address it really? Yeah, so I've got uh, three uh, texts, two of them from Philippians, uh, and one of them that you might have expected from Philippians <laughs> listeners, but not in the same way you expected. So uh, Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I don't think that this passage stops when we're in competition. Uh, so I, I think this means that you know we should not be uh, characterized by right rivalry, but count others more significant than ourselves, but care more about the needs and desires of others than ourselves, which doesn't always mean, it doesn't mean forfeiting the game, but definitely can't mean, you know, having the, around here we have this Ravens-Pittsburgh Steelers rivalry where people hate each other uh, <laughs> between them. It definitely is not consistent with that passage at all, uh, and, you know, it enables a lot more of joy and loss. Uh, and then Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, which definitely means that we can win the Super Bowl now because of Jesus. Uh, no, it does not. Uh, actually, rightly understanding that passage, it's about contentment and about how Paul can face uh, highs and lows uh, and and still be happy, still have joy because of Christ. And I, I actually had somebody I went to college with, we went to college with, I don't know if you remember Josh Taylor, but uh, Josh Taylor would refer to this as how we can, uh, that it's actually about how we can make or miss the game-winning field goal and still be happy through Christ who strengthens us, not about how we can make the game-winning field goal through Christ who strengthens us. And I, I think that's a good outlook. And then lastly, Matthew 19.30, uh, I think is an important passage to consider in this. Um, and this is about the kingdom. Uh, and Jesus says, but many who are first will be last and the last first. So I think we see that God's kingdom is full of people who are last and people who have have to humble themselves rather than just those who, those who gloat in their greatness and winning. How, what, do you th- what passages come to mind for you, Ben? Well, I think in one sense the Bible's not telling us how to be a you know field goal kicker or those kinds of things. I mean, but we do have illustrations from the athletic world, and so uh, now I've, I heard one pastor one time say, "See, this shows you that Paul was a sports fan," and almost getting the implication that you should be too because Paul was. And I mean, I, I like sports, but I don't think that's a necessity to follow Jesus. Though I think there are a lot of life lessons that we can learn and learn about living in God's world by engaging in competition and in athletics. But there are competitions. In and there's winning and losing in other areas, just playing games in general, uh, auditions for things, job applications, uh, all that kind of thing. It's just part of life. But in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Paul says, Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Um and so he goes on to talk about uh, boxing and things like this, but uh and the 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 discipline that he applies to pursuing Christ and obeying him, um, that we're pursuing an imperishable crown. And so I don't think this the first application to this is when you compete, then you need to try to beat everybody. Um, 
But I do think, you know, you're probably familiar with the Herm Edwards uh, quote when he was being interviewed. I don't even know what the question was, but he's like, you play to win the game. Um, yes. And so I think if you're going to compete in something, the point is that you try to do it well. And even if you say, well, I'm not going to focus on winning or losing, if you try to execute each move or each uh, each move on the board game or each uh, play well, then that you're trying to do it so that you defeat your opponent. But that doesn't have to be, like you said, gloating over them. But, I mean, you brought up some good passages in there that, yeah, I think it's okay to pursue winning. I mean, if you apply for a job, you are hoping that you – get the job. But if you get the job and there's only one job opening and there's 20 people that apply, that means there's 19 other people that are losing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, I think those are things we have to keep in mind. That, uh, and sometimes it's not always a, a zero-sum game, but sometimes it is. And we can we can still have a regard for others, even as we are competing against them and as we win, but also um, as we may lose, that we don't have to have this bitterness and resentment towards others. <clears throat> and so, I mean, within the church, we can rejoice with those who rejoice, rejoice with those who win. We can weep with those who weep, weep with those who lose. Um, and, and there's more, I think, that could be said on just this one particular question, but just in interest of, of looking at a, a bigger picture of it, we'll keep going. But should we teach our kids to, to seek to win competitions, do you think? Or, or I mean, that's kind of the, what I said, but I mean, do you think that's too worldly, too selfish? Yeah, do you, uh, there was a cartoon, like an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon on, uh, I there was like reruns when we were kids, and it was like some weird race thing every episode. And there was like this, this, uh, that dastardly, whatever, uh, that character that would always, you know, cheat in the most ridiculous ways to win. And that's probably what we should do it with our kids. We should tell them, you know, win at all costs, you know, even if you have to like put nails out in the road in front of people. Uh, it, it's definitely, I will say, it's definitely not always selfish to, to try to win. Uh, as even, you know, sometimes you win as a team and, uh, you're not really loving your neighbor. Well, if you forfeit the game, you know, a game of basketball, uh, that you're playing with, with literally your neighbor so that somebody else can win, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's going to feel loved, uh, very well if you do that. Uh, but I, I think actually in maturity, everyone trying their best makes it more fun for everyone. And uh, I, I, I've been part of games where, you know, there's no winner or loser declared. And I think even for those who are super mature, I, for super mature people that lose, it's still less fun than having an actual winner. And so it's not wrong to have uh, a trying to win. Uh, that when there's this competition can bring more joy and more entertainment in a lot of ways. Uh, we should teach our kids, though, it's better to sit out if we can't lose or win without sitting. Uh, I think that is definitely something that we, you know, I think that's an application of the cutting off your right hand if it causes you to sin. Uh, but lastly, I, I would say we should teach them that godliness, uh, that a godly Christian is still happy for another success when we lose. That doesn't mean we're happy in the same way. Uh, it would be really weird, you know, if you lost a game and then you were like, that, yes, awesome, I lost. But nonetheless, I think we can have a, a very different kind uh, and a very real kind of joy in another success when we lose. And we should teach our kids that. What do you think, Ben? That's, that's good. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's sinful to in, inherently to teach our kids to pursue to win. Uh, like I say, it, it would just be unusual. I think it just sort of goes against uh, reality to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to fail. Um, though we know that failure will come. And so I, I liked what you said about having your kids to think, do I need to sit out of this? I think it can be difficult, especially when they're younger, teaching them to be able to participate and to learn to practice losing. Uh, and it may result in some sin, but at the same time to be able to rejoice when others win and, and you don't. So I don't think that it has to be worldly and selfish, though it can become that. Um, so why is losing an important part of learning and growing? Like what kind of benefits can it bring? Because, I mean, even the most successful people – they lost a t-ball game or, or something somewhere along the line. Um, so, I mean, what, what kind of benefits can it bring? Yeah. So uh, uh, this might be, this first response might seem a little melodramatic in it, uh, but the Puritans talked about kind of uh, suffering as being a, a valley of vision where we can see God more clearly. We can, we can understand ourselves better. And it's not really the valley of vision. It's more like the, the pothole of vision. I think when we lose, you know, but nonetheless, I think there is still some truth that when we lose, uh, we, when we suffer in losing, we can have some perspective that we don't have even in winning. Um, and I think it reveals our pride and helps us grow in humility by seeing kind of where our pride is. You know, I, that's, I mean, amazing thing that God allows us to see our sin because sometimes we have these sins that we wouldn't be able to fight if they weren't made apparent to us. Uh, and I think it helps us delight in others' success. I mean, more opportunities to delight in others' success is definitely a lot of training in that. Because, again, I do think that is there. I mean, it would be really, really weird if, you know, your Christian, if your kid's Christian t-ball team lost badly and then right at the end started singing, we are the champions because, you know, they're excited about them losing. Uh, but uh, the but I think we we can grow in delight and and really like being man that was awesome for you. Uh, and, and lastly, I'll add I think and really in a profound way, losers can be more kingdom focused people. Uh, just in the same way that you know money and success is a distraction. I think sometimes that even in like things like sports, uh, that, you know, when we, when we do lose, we get more of an opportunity to focus on that, which lasts, uh, and rather than being kind of overcome by that, which we have, if that makes sense. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, like I was saying, just even as I was asking the question, losing is inevitable. I mean, maybe there's the rare person. They just every job they apply for, they get, and just success after success. But for basically everyone, you're going to lose at something, and so and sometimes it may be something significant. And so, uh, or losing in the sense that you don't end up on top, you don't get the thing that you're pursuing. And so, it's just part of of life. And so, it can be a way of learning to trust God. And to not fully stake your identity in whether you won or you lost. Um, and just dealing with adversity. Because, you know, when you're 10 and you lost your baseball game, it is a bigger deal to you, hopefully, than when you're 20 and you lost a church softball game. Um, you're, you're less 
invested in this, the softball thing or, or you're playing Monopoly with someone, um, Monopoly with your kids when you're, you know, in your 30s and um, you just put less into it. And so, but as you lose when you're younger, something that's more important to you, it can help you to to trust God um, and go, all right, I mean, this really, like, I, you know, kids are crying. I know we had our VBS this past week. One of the leaders was telling me in his second grade group, there was a girl in the class who was crying because her team never won one of the, the, the point contests for the day. Now, they did end up winning it for the week because they, they donated a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, this girl's probably seven, eight years old, and she's she's crying about this. And so we're just going to experience difficulty and heartache. And so d- developing the character uh, and perseverance through those things. So and it's kind of similar to what you were saying. So how might losing as a child or as a teenager affect people as they're adults walking with Christ? Yeah. So I'm reminded actually in this of, have you ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights? I, I've actually never watched the show that people love in Friday Night Lights, but have you ever seen the the movie that was based on Friday Night Lights? Uh, I never have. I know of it, but yeah. So I refer to a lot of movies here. In uh, the Friday Night Lights movie, um, there's it's kind of sad. Uh, and uh, there was a character who, um, like, his dad was kind of hard on him and hoping that he wins a state cha- football championship. Uh, it's a football movie set in Texas. And uh, the, uh, and basically, the dad expressed to his son why he was upset with him for not trying hard enough and not focusing hard enough on winning because was because his dad expressed, you know, these are the glory days, basically. You know, these days in high school, you know, it, it, it only goes down from here and, you know, m- and reach these heights, basically, because that's what you have to live for in, in the future as your past. Uh, but I, th- and I think actually at times losing might, uh, uh, might make us live for the real glory days, unlike that kind of thing. Uh, I think sometimes those who have wa- have a long tracker to winning can sometimes be more backward focused. Uh, but those who have lost, I think, have an, just an opportunity to to look towards the glory days of the, the real glory days of the kingdom. Uh, and that's where I I think that so often Jesus sees, you know, that uh, the kingdom is kind of the loser's kingdom. The kingdom is the kingdom of the poor. The disenfranchised and the vast, the significant majority of those that were that coming to Christ in the early church, not all, uh, were kind of the losers. Um, and so I think also sometimes low self-esteem can allow us to more easily get Christ's esteem from it. Uh, and, and I think low self-esteem can be a sin issue. Uh, but uh, losing can develop this kind of Christ esteem of Christ's identity rather than an identity in our successes and failures when we let it process right. Uh, but I think it also let us uh, be filled with a reverse form of pride. You know, the person that keeps losing, that beats up, that, that I'm garbage, is actually still in pride, just in a different form of pride than we often think of. So, uh, And lastly, I'll say, I think it can, uh, if, if we process it wrong, it can lead to the worst kind of chip on our shoulder. You know, I, I think sometimes a chip on your shoulder to glorify God, like, in, in a way, you know, maybe that's not a good terminology, can be good, like, you know, when you're focused on that but uh, a lot of times sometimes people who lose a lot young develop this kind of 
grudge that they're going to disprove everyone. Uh, and that is just even another form of pride as well that's not helpful. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, the last thing you said kind of reminds me of Michael Jordan. And I mean, this is well documented in public, just how personally he took it when he didn't make the cut for his basketball team in like the ninth or 10th grade. And then I believe that he, the guy that beat him out, he, when he was giving his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he flew the guy up to New York, you know, to be there for it, just to remind him how many, 40 years later, you know, hey, I'm still better than you. And I mean, that seems like pathological, just how it, uh, it played such a role in his, his formation and maybe helped him become one of the or the best basketball player of all time, but you know, what cost to his soul. But I, I think that you said a lot of, of really good things there, and it, it really can be a character shaper. I, mean, I just don't have, um, in, in a positive way. Can be can be negative, but uh, I just don't really have anything to add to what you said. I liked it a lot. So, thinking practically, um, what kind of steps can parents take to help their young children and, and their teenagers uh, learn to lose and to win and to do so graciously? I just have kind of a couple brief things, uh, and because they're related to a lot we've talked about before, I, I would say that parents can uh, teach them to consider others greater than themselves uh, in sports in everything that they do you know and again that doesn't always mean you know losing but you can serve somebody while beating them in a sports game uh, you know or you can uh, serve someone by rejoicing and being happy for them when you lose to them uh, and I think we help them find their identity and success in the kingdom. Uh, I think that it's so imperative that, that parents instill that. Uh, if they are idolizing uh, the loss or the win, uh, I think we take away the idols uh, at times in their lives. I think that is so important. I, I, am, I think it's deeply unfortunate how seldomly Christian parents take away the idols that can become and, and what we win or we lose in. Uh, and lastly, model losing, uh, losing for the sake of the glory of Jesus for them. You know, model how you're going, model losing with a gracious and godly spirit around them. You know, as again, we talk about this a lot, but it's going to be hard to disciple your kids when you flip the monopoly table over when you lose. <laughs> right. Or, or taking it into uh, bigger matters. I mean, say they know you're up for a promotion or some job that, that you were hoping for and you don't get it. And if you come home, like, oh, you know, this other person got it. The person's such a moron. I mean, he's always messing stuff up or she's such a, you know, conniving backstabber or whatever it is. Uh, I think that, that undercuts anything you want to teach them. Um, I, something that comes to mind for me, especially with young kids, and I didn't always do this, and I picked this up from my dad, but you know, when you're doing some sort of competitive thing with them, don't always let them win. Beat them, and it can help them learn to lose, and that they may not be the greatest thing, the greatest runner or whatever it is. That you know, It is okay. Now, you're not wanting to um, go so aggressively that you just dishearten them. Uh, I remember when I was – I think I was around middle school, maybe freshman in high school, and one of my good friends, his yard backed up to this guy who had some kids that were like 
taught well kind of like preschool early elementary age and we got out there in their backyard and we were playing kickball his siblings and then this guy that lived back there and his kids and the dad of the the other of these boys um the young boys was on and the other team and he fielded one of their kicks and you know those heavy dodgeballs we were using and he fielded the, the ball and then threw it at his son to get him out and uh hit him in the head or something I mean, you know he threw it hard oh, no. and the kid was like six years old and knocked him over on the ground pretty hard and i mean i remember i was about 14 and i was thinking this guy is crazy and then he starts yelling at his son he's like get up don't cry don't don't hate the player hate the game and just you know I was like, okay, wow, that that is competition gone awry. Um, I, I don't think we need to go to that level of teaching our kids to lose uh, and humiliating them, but we we can help them to learn how to lose, uh, not always just gift wrapping the game to, uh, and teaching them how to compete and to try harder. Uh, whether it's sports or there's sports is an easy one to apply this to, but there's a lot of other areas of life where it connects. Well, so Tony, as we close things up, do you have any thoughts about how the church factors into this as far as maybe helping parents or encouraging or discouraging competition and winning and losing among young people? Yeah, you know, actually, I had some kind of outside-the-box thoughts on this first. Uh, one thing, I, and we might not think about this much, is I, I think we should not let our youth or kids' games be an opportunity for competitive bullying. Uh, as mm-hmm. sometimes can be. Uh, and, and then again, I think we need to learn to lose well. But I, I think too often, like you know, youth ministries, you go to a youth group, a lot of times the youth group game time is just an opportunity for you know people to uh, to really destroy other people and, and, to, to, and to really prey on, on kids that get bullied in a lot of ways. And I think when we talk about losing, uh, that I, I don't think we should ever let a comp- competitive bullying have any place in our youth ministry or children's ministry games. Even if, like, you know, the dodgeball game where, you know, your kid's going to get ransacked in might help them grow, I, it's just not the place uh, when you have formal youth or, or children's ministry. I, I'm not saying, by the way, that, like, youth ministry should never play dodgeballs. We actually don't specifically because I, I've known of situations where it just didn't work out well. Uh, but I, I think just think through that matrix of how we can be careful and protect people from not having a helpful way of growing in that area. So on those events. Uh, and next I'll say, and last related to uh, that, something I put barely any time into, uh, provide biblical and theological input on sports and competition. Uh, I think I, this is another area where I often ignore too much in application, uh, but uh, in that kind of interpretation grid, like we talked about last week, uh, we should talk about how the Bible you know, s- speaks to our situations of losing. We talk about serving one another on the court or on you know, when we lose in, in the, uh, and not getting into college that somebody wanted it to get into so uh and then uh be mindful of the competition rewards given out i think the church should uh you know because i i think we part of the way we prepare them to is not making at the end of the world if you lose and uh, not making winning or losing you know that that the chief thing 
and uh, not the drive in any way, shape, or form. So, And lastly, I'll say always make clear that, you know, the church is kind of the house of losers. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, the Christians can't be, you can't be Christian if you're a star athlete or if you're a successful businessman. Uh, but in a way, you know, our losing and our failures are what uh, enables us to really run to Christ. And the church is for people like that. What would you add to this, Ben? Well, going along with what you just mentioned, I mean, Paul tells that to the Corinthians, uh, how not many of them were wise or strong, these kinds of things, in terms of the world. Um, And so that's not what God is looking for, for strengths and and wisdom and and all of this. Uh, And so, like you said, you know, this is a house for losers. Um, But one practical thing, I think, and I liked what you said about not allowing for competitive bullying because it does happen and you've got some kids that may be really really driven to win no matter what it is and they'll get mad like I did with the kids and the girls in you know field day um, and so guarding against that and I know sometimes the the material that we use on Wednesday night for our children's ministry has games that you know there are competitive options but it will also give you a non-competitive option where everyone is on the same team essentially and they're competing towards a common goal of we're trying to we're trying to race against the clock or something like this rather than competing against each other now I, I do think there is a place for competition to, to learn to win and to learn to lose but that doesn't mean that every game that you play whatever kind of game it may be <clears throat> necessarily has to be pitting two people against one another and especially if you know that you have people who are not really controlled in those issues and, and they will go off on others uh, it can be a matter of wisdom to, to, you know, make some tweaks and changes to how you're playing uh, different kinds of activities and games to help curb that and, and to protect some of the, the weaker um, because you're going to have them. And uh, and so we've done some of that, and I think that's been helpful. And, and I mean, even in that, there's the, the risk that you'll have a kid that's like, oh, man, we would have gotten to 25, but, you know, stupid Johnny, he, he missed the question or, you know, he did this. And, and so having to address that, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but, I mean, that's really, I think you covered that well. But, you know, as we said at the beginning and throughout, losing is inevitable. And... The church is the house of losers, and so it is important that we help our young people, whether they're children or teenagers progressing into adulthood, learn how to win and how to lose and how to do so graciously, because it, it is going to affect how they follow Jesus in this world and face disappointments. Uh, so, Tony, thanks for lending your wisdom to this. I, I did enjoy hearing what you had to say about these things, and and I know, I mean, just having been your friend for a long time and, and having seen some of the, the the losses that you experienced, um, you were able to bring. And I mean, I have two in different ways, but um, just conversations we've had, I mean, I think you, you brought some good things to this. So uh, so thank you, brother. And uh, I think this is an encouragement to those who listen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.